Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, caller. You're on the air. Hello. Hello. How are you? I'm very good. How are you? Good. How can I help you? I just wanted to call and say thank you. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Uh, this is John Edward calling. So humbled that you invited me on your show. Thank you so much and good luck. Thank you. You you're the best. All because right. that's, you are All so right. right. You're right on the teeth. You have not said nothing that I don't know anything about. Your colors are fantastic. That's wonderful. You know, I feel a lot more comfortable. I felt good tuning in. Uh, I just got good energy when the reminder of the show came across my profile. And uh, Mm -hmm. the fellow hosting it has had really great guests and good energy. And, you know, it it, it feels really good. Uh, May everybody's heart's desires uh, be divinely blessed. Good. Good. Thank you. I want to thank you so much for giving me a chance to be on your show. I really enjoyed it. Thank you so much, Tori, for joining me. Oh, it was a pleasure. We could have done two hours, Michael, you know. (laughs) One more. Okay. 
see you, gonna be me. It is you, dear, 727. Oh my god, I don't think I'm talking to anybody. <laughs> You're talking to Michael. Oh my god. <laughs> Good evening, everybody. It's uh, Sunday, April 17th, 2011. I'm your host, Michael Carbone, and you're listening to Be The Light Now Radio. Oh, I know you've probably been feeling the effects in it there, and it's definitely getting close to the full moon. We've just got to keep ourselves grounded and do the best that we can right now, because this is a strong one, so, but anyways, we have a wonderful guest with us tonight, and, uh, and I'm always interested in so many different religious beliefs and ideas, and we have a phenomenal guest with us, we bring him on here, we find him in the queue, we have Kerr, I'm not sure how to pronounce your last name, Kerr Kerr and the Kerr will do. Okay, welcome to the show, Kerr. How are you this evening? I'm I'm well. You? Uh, not too bad for a Sunday. And uh, yeah, the full moon is definitely causing effects, and so is Mercury retrograde. But we'll we'll make it through. Oh yes, definitely. So tell everyone a little bit about yourself. Well, I am a Wiccan priest. I've been involved in the Wiccan uh, spiritual path for 42 years. I am a uh, published author. I've got nine books, uh, nonfiction books in print out there in four languages, um, many of them related to that path. I am the former head of Officers of Avalon, which is an organization which represents police, firefighters, and paramedics who are in neo-pagan religions like uh, Wicca, Asatru, Druidism, that sort of thing. And I am currently the head of an order of knights called the Order of Skaya, which uh, offers training to people locally and online to help them find their, their power and use it. And that's the short version. I'm also a retired uh, police detective and the current police dispatcher for the Vancouver Police Department. You definitely have had a very interesting life. I've had a few interesting encounters along the way, and certainly. So what uh, brought you to the uh, Wiccan uh, path? This would have been back when I was a teenager. I was a seeker. I was trying to determine what it was I wanted to do. I didn't really know what it was, and I was trying on all kinds of different religious paths to see how they fit and this one was the one that seemed to uh to do it and and here I am 42 years later still doing it basically and what's been your most interesting uh, part uh, about being a wiccan i think the the greatest thing that i took from this is learning to uh know myself and and take everything that is myself and use it all effectively. That's basically what we in in our order uh, would tell people. This is our definition of a warrior. It's a person who takes a fearless inventory of their personal characteristics and then uses all of that uh, to take charge of their lives and, and make their dreams uh, a reality. So I think that's probably the most important thing I've taken from it. So, and I also see too that you've helped with uh, anti-defamation and hate crimes. Yeah, I was the first 
a police officer to go public about his Wiccan beliefs. I didn't realize that until I'd done it, and then it was a bit late to, to do anything about it, but to help others and to uh, put information out there. About the time that this happened, there was uh, a lot of misinformation circulating around, and so I spent a lot of time traveling around North America, lecturing to various groups and law enforcement agencies about um, non-traditional religions. Actually, my first book was the Law Enforcement Guide to Wicca, which um, is going to be released uh, next month in a new edition um, called Pagan Religions, a Diversity Training Guide. And it's still a matter of, of trying to get information out there to help people understand these things. Um, people fear things that they don't understand, and, and most of it was basically just education. And the interesting thing about it was that every single time I spoke to a group of police officers, without exception, no matter where it was in North America, at the end of the thing, I always had at least one person come up to me and say, okay, if you can do it, I can do it. I'm Wiccan too, or Druid, or whatever they were. So there's a lot more people out there doing it than I realized when I started down this path, and uh, and it's a very rapidly growing community. And what would you... Um feel that it's rapidly growing for? I think it's because it, first of all, one of the things that seems to be um, absent from a lot of traditional religion is is a place for female spirituality. And I think, uh, at least in the early days, Wicca was very uh, attracted, attractive to uh, women who wanted to uh, have a spiritual life and, and wanted to be active in it. Um, now it's it's inclusive of everybody in all different genders, uh, of course. And it's just, I think one of the things that attracts people to it is it's empowering. It's not a matter of, of praying to something out there to do something for you. It's a matter of finding your own inner strength, your own talents, and learning how to use them. Call it magic, call it whatever you will. Um, it's a matter of taking control of your life and, and uh, realizing that you, you have the power to do this. I know, um, you know, so many people hear so many negative um, ideas about uh, Wicca. What is it not? Put it that way. Well, it's not. It's not an uh, an opposition to to anything else out there. We don't proselytize. We don't believe that our faith is the one true faith. I think one of the big problems that we have in the world is is people uh, having difficulty accepting differences. You know, you look around you and you'll notice that everybody's different. You take 10 different people, stick them in the field, they all witness the same spiritual event. One's going to see Jesus, one's going to see Mary, one's going to see Urzuli, one's going to see Gaia, one's going to see a UFO, and at least one's going to be looking around at everyone else going, what are you all looking at? You know, it's because we're all looking at the same thing, but we come from different cultural, social, and educational backgrounds. And all of these paths, I, I would maintain, go to the same place. It's just a matter of finding the one that, that fits the, you know, the personality that you are and, and doing that and realizing that, that you know, if it, it's working for you, that's good. But you know, what works for somebody else may be different, and it's all, it's all the same thing. Okay. And let me regain my train of thought. I got distracted for a second. Um, Now, how do you incorporate that into your daily life? Uh, do you set, you know, so much time aside a day for certain things, or? 
Well, this is my life. It's a matter of how you approach life, basically. Um, we don't consider the divine to be separate from us. It's not out there somewhere. It's not something that you bow down to. We are connected to it. We immerse ourselves in it. We recognize that we're part of it. So your everyday life is, is an expression of that, no matter what you're doing. And so it's it's just simply a way of changing your perception and your focus and, and how you approach everyday um, experiences. And and we we basically teach our, our, our knights to, to go out there and, and incorporate uh, a code of chivalry and a number of precepts that, that help them to organize their life and, and you know, the most mundane things. Uh, everything is connected to everything else, and everything is spiritual in one sense or another. And so uh, the simplest things become uh, special. Okay. Tell us uh, also a little bit, too, about the... Um about Avalon? Officers of Avalon? Yes. Um, Officers of Avalon was a group that started back in the 90s, uh, a corporal um, in a police department uh, back east um, decided to start a, a Yahoo group, hoping that she'd be able to connect with some people um, that were uh, Wiccan and police officers like she was. This is Tricia Malinsky. And um, very quickly it, it, it grew. And ultimately was incorporated and became an organization which, as I say, uh, represents police officers, firefighters, and paramedics who are involved in non-traditional religions. And, um, it could be the well, Wicca, Druidism, Asatru. It could be the Afro-Caribbean religions. Any any of these uh, non-traditional religions. And it was uh, it's a way of supporting people who are in police agencies in, in major government agencies and want um, some support in helping their their agencies understand what their faith is and getting them the uh, the right to follow those beliefs, um, to educate them, to, to show them, you know, whatever it is they need to help them understand what these people need to uh, to do what they're doing. And it, uh, So it's still going on, you're still getting people joining and more members coming in? Yes. Well, as a matter of fact, um, as I said, I was a leader of it for a while and left to to uh, get involved with this Order of Knights that we founded in 2007. And this uh, one of the things that motivated me to do that, in fact, was we had a, a vast number of people who were coming to Officers of Avalon saying that they wanted to become members who were not in those professions and when you you ask them why is it you are interested in joining something when you're when you're not one of these these professions, they'd say, well, you're knights, and 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 that that idea of that knight knighthood thing appeals to me, and and this is what got me thinking, well, okay, if that's what people are looking for, let's find a way to do this, and and that was how the Order of Sky was born, and it's now an incorporated a registered society as well and and rapidly growing all over the world so uh that was how one sort of led to the other and uh so you're still involved uh, with the offices or? i i am still um i'm not at part of their their uh management group any longer i've i've backed off and handed that over to other very capable people to uh focus on on running uh, the order of Skya, but I am still associated to it. Yes, I guess I'm still involved in, in law enforcement in that I'm a police 
dispatcher now. 34 years I've been involved in law enforcement up to this point. Another two to go, and then I'm paying off my mortgage and, and retiring and taking a break from it. Uh, it's always a good time to reach into life when you can uh, take a break and get to retire. And uh, I'm sure everyone in your community and anywhere else thanks you for um, for being in law enforcement. That's not an easy task to do. It it can uh, be stressful at times, certainly, but I think it's been very rewarding over the years. And tell us a little bit more about the order as well. The Order of Skya is uh, an organization. As I said, it's it's an order of knighthood. It's modeled after some of the traditions that come out of the military monastic orders of knighthood from the Middle Ages, but it's got its own very uh, unique characteristics. Like those orders, we have precepts that, that we have put together, 13 of them, that order our um, our daily lives. We also have a code of chivalry. We take that very seriously, um, which includes the principles of sincerity, self-discipline, compassion, perseverance, truth, industriousness, justice, largesse, courage, humility, courtesy, uh, loyalty, and honor. So there's 13 of those as well. And uh, it's a three-part system where a person uh, comes to us as a a novice. They uh, study the basic um, psychic and energy exercises to help them figure out how their their body works and what kind of powers they have because we take magic and, and psychic abilities very seriously. Um, once they've mastered that, they go on to uh, working on on ritual as a f- way of uh, using myth to to further discover themselves and their powers, and then they become knights. And ultimately, they take that information back into the community and help others down the same path. And at that point, they become masters. Um, all of our lessons are online on a, uh, a WordPress blog, Order of Skya uh, training blog. It's all open source. Uh, none of it's secret. You don't have to have passwords or anything to get into it. Anybody can look at it. We we want to make it, uh, put it out there and make it available to everyone, whatever their circumstances are, uh, because we think this is stuff that can help people, and that's the important thing. We're not trying to um, turn this into a business or make money or anything. It's It's all about serving the community. And um, we've got a YouTube channel, which has uh, some of our uh, class materials out there. just started a few months ago, and we have uh, a website that you can check out, which has links to all these different things. And why do you call it um, knighthood? Is there a particular reason? Well, the... the, Medieval knights basically were, were brought into existence to try to uh, order something at the time. They were trying to uh, make sense of the, the concept of the warrior. And my earlier books um, are all about um, the warrior path. It's Wiccan warrior, full contact magic, magical self-defense. Uh, I think a lot of people misunderstand what that means and, and was one of the reasons I started writing about it was that I was going out into the Wiccan community 30 years ago and people had some trouble understanding how could somebody who is a police officer want to be involved in something like this I mean you know we we don't understand how that works Um, being a warrior isn't about using your hands it's about using your head it's not about fighting it's about being effective it's about taking charge of your life it's not a uh, aggressive or, or violent path 
it is a peaceful path. It is a matter of finding your inner strength and using it effectively. So this is what uh, this is part of what that that concept of knighthood is to us. The other part is the chivalry that I already mentioned. Uh, chivalry back in the Middle Ages was really kind of a romantic concept that really didn't translate right into the battlefield. It was it was something that the troubadours uh, made very popular, but it. What, what was happening out on the battlefields wasn't very chivalrous by any stretch of the imagination. Now, these most of these military orders uh, have turned into orders of knighthood, which really aren't military at all anymore. The Order of the Garter, the the um, Order of the Golden Fleece, they are they're orders of merit now. And so, uh, that what we're doing now is partially a reflection of that development, taking it out of those early days and turning it into something else. So. It really is about finding out how to use that warrior path in your life. And that isn't the only archetype that you can use. There are others. But I think a lot of uh, people don't really understand that um, they have this uh, at their fingertips, something that they can use, even though they're not in the military, they're not in a in, uh, first responder or, or in police work. You You have this ability. You have um, that power. And it can do all kinds of things for you. And so what we're doing is trying to put that out there and help people understand that this is some, something they have access to, no matter who they are, and that uh, that they can use to, to help them in their lives. Um, I like the, the idea that of your book, the, From Magical Self-Defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's the one you know, um, easy way that people can do for uh, protection? Well, uh, most of the stuff that you need to protect yourself from really is just background negativity. You know, it's 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 a really simple matter of putting up a, a ward to sort of block that out of your life, or to uh, take whatever's coming at you and redirect it. One of the reasons that we start in our training with teaching people to use energy chi, uh, if you want to use the the Eastern term for it is that uh, having a a sensitivity to that helps you to figure out what is happening around you and what you need to to do with it, what direction it's it's going, whether it's coming at you or or being drawn from you. So part of magical self-defense is simply uh, developing an ability to um, sense the energy and and direct that energy and take control of it. Um, Deliberate. Uh, psychic attacks against people are, are relatively rare, they, it, and and very often when they do occur, the person that's doing it isn't really intentionally doing it. They they naturally have some ability to focus energy at somebody, and whatever uh, emotional crisis they're going through is is allowing them to do that. But they don't really necessarily understand that they're doing it. So it really isn't necessarily a, a, a question of of attacking somebody or firing some salvo back at them as as much as it is taking that and grounding it and and and, and rendering it um safe so that it doesn't affect you and it's all relatively simple to do i mean it's the anyone who has practiced uh something like tai chi or or uh Zhen Zhang would would understand uh, what I'm talking about, because it, it'll, it's very, very similar. Same thing with yoga. You know, um, it's moving energy around, and it's, and it's understanding what's happening energetically in your body, and how to uh, control that. So it's all relatively simple. It's, it's not uh, a matter of having to do 
elaborate rituals and buy all kinds of complicated things and light colored candles at certain times of day. It's 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 all something that you can control. There's there's a, an old martial arts adage: chi follows li, energy follows intent, and that's basically a definition of magic. And that's basically what I'm talking about here. All you really need to do any of this magical stuff is what you came into the world with. All you need to do is is figure out what is inside you and, and learn how to use it. So. Um... Just by intending to have yourself protected and grounded, then that's uh, a good way to start off? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Basically, your will is what is going to uh, direct this and uh, and and what is going to, to basically send it in the direction you want it to go. Uh, one, when we start training with people, we basically start uh, with showing people some simple exercises to help them feel that chi that's flowing through their body and once they get a sense for that once they realize this stuff is happening then you can bring in the uh, the uh, exercises that, that show them how to use the will to steer it and uh, we work people as individuals and, and as groups so that they can you know share we can do stuff together sending uh, energy at, at different uh, magical intentions that we need to work on there's like, for example, there's a, a website called The Intention Experiment. I don't know whether you're familiar with it, but it, it's all about people uh, can sign in there. They give them certain projects that they're going to focus their intent on, and then they have a particular time that everybody focuses their intent on whatever this project happens to be, and then they uh, measure to see what kind of results they got. I do this all the time at work when I'm dispatching, uh, and I sit down at my dispatch station. If you can... Focus your intent on that chaos out there, and you can slow it down. I, I, I typically can take my channel that I'm working on and, and slow the activity down, and, and it, it amazes people when, they, when they're watching my screen. The calls start dropping off until pretty soon I've got no calls left on the screen. You, if you uh, do this a lot, you, you can accomplish quite a bit as an individual, but as a group, you can, you can do amazing things, and, uh, and it's all just focusing will basically focusing intent. Yeah. Now what if um somebody doesn't say really believe or if you know they don't have the faith in it will it still work? Oh yeah. Oh yeah, you know what this has nothing to do this energetic stuff that I'm talking about it has nothing to do with with any particular religion. You you don't have to have a particular uh, religious belief for this to work. It's not a matter of asking someone out there to do something for you. It's a matter of you um, discovering how you can do this for yourself. It's all pretty basic. I mean, there are all kinds of different uh, mythical paths that you can attach to this to help you um, focus this stuff. There, there are all kinds of different things that you can use to help inspire you uh, in, in uh, a spiritual sense. But when it comes down to basic psychic self-defense, if you want to call it that, basic um, defensive magic, Really, it's 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 very very basic. You don't need a whole lot of stuff. It's it's pretty simple. And uh, with all the experience you have, what's uh, one reason why people would be afraid of uh, witches or pagans? I think that there's a great deal of misinformation that goes back to the the Middle Ages um, about non-traditional religions about the the idea that if it isn't what we're doing then it must be 
you must be the enemy. You know, if you're not with us, you're against us. Um, and it, it, we really are coming from a completely different path. It is, has nothing to do with with traditional Western religion. It's it's it comes from a different source, and it's not opposed to it. Um, I've I've generally found over the years that the the people that I have the most problem with are people that that are from uh, places where they don't have a whole lot of information. They they really don't know much about what we're doing. Uh, when I go to major metropolitan centers where people are used to seeing diversity and, and are exposed to a lot of this stuff, really um, there are very few problems. If you go to a major university where they have a faculty of theology and, and they are uh, they have access to all this information, you can get into great conversations with people. It's, it's when they're coming from some um, backwards place where there is less access to information and, and they really don't know what it is they're, they're looking at. And people, like I said earlier, tend to fear what they don't understand. So it's a matter of um, helping people to understand that, you know, there's we're different but we're not dangerous. And do you think that there's going to be um, a bigger shift to a lot more people turning to paganism? There is. If you look at the census statistics of the last couple of censuses, they've been uh, our community's been growing by leaps and bounds. It's uh, it's been just exploding. And um, since it started uh, emerging into the public view in the in the 1940s, we've now got multiple generations of people involved in it. So um, it, you know, it's it's really uh, growing rapidly. So I think you will see a lot more of it. And do you think it has anything to do with 2012? No, I don't think so. I, I, I really don't. Okay. What are your takes on 2012 with all the the hype about it? I think it's kind of hype, <laughs> frankly. I mean, I I really don't place a whole lot of uh, of uh, emphasis on it. I mean, I'm a psychic. I do tarot. I I I got a reputation out there in the police department of, of uh, being able to, to chase things down that nobody else could find. You know, I, I, I help people develop their psychic abilities. I think it's, it's important. I, I think that there are all kinds of influences out there in uh, tradition, in disciplines like astrology that one needs to pay attention to. I think divination though is a tool that, that one uses to help see what is acting upon you at any given time. I don't think it's something that's going to be um, that, that you can't do anything with. One of the things that, that we teach our knights is that, that you can let yourself sort of drift through life being blown here and there by by fate and just sort of take whatever comes or you can you know grab the tiller and you can steer your ship. And divination uh, psychic abilities are things that help you to steer that course. It helps you to see where the uh, the, the rocks and the obstacles are, and, and figure out where to uh, to point that thing to make things work. So, um, yeah, you know, I, I don't really think I, I don't really put a whole lot of weight on that 2012 stuff. It's like there are, there are things out there that that we need to pay attention to, but we don't need to sit back and just. Um, let let it come. We can we can do things about what's going to happen to us. And uh, how do you feel about uh, you know with the natural disasters that are taking place? Do you think that's happening more, or are we just more aware of it? Well, I think part of it is that we're more aware, and, and with 
the type of access that we have to um, news on world events now what with the internet and, and television and everything else it may seem like there's more but I think if you go back through history chaos is kind of a, a something that's been with us all along you know there there are a whole lot of powerful natural forces out there and um, and they've always been there to deal with so part of living is is recognizing that they're out there watching for them and, and again like I said steering the course figuring out how to to deal with them you know it's not a matter of standing back and just letting things happen to you it's a matter of uh, keeping your awareness out there keeping your wits about you and seeing uh, what's coming and then taking whatever action you need to, to make it work uh, do you think that uh, it'll ever be accepted uh, as a you know big religion like you know like all the other religions are now oh it is I mean we already have uh, delegations going to the the um, Parliament of World Religions. It's accepted in all of the states and provinces in uh, Canada and the United States. Uh, it's it's been accepted all the way up to the Supreme Court in in court cases. Uh, there are you, you can get Wicca put in your dog tags in the U.S. Armed Forces. I mean, you know, it's 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 out there. It's legal. It's it's definitely been accepted. It's not as big as some of the others, but it's we're we're growing. And I mean, this isn't the contest. We're not trying to be the biggest, or take over, or be the only religion. Again, we're not proselytizing. We we recognize that this is something that works for us, but it's our path, and we're not trying to impose it on anyone. We're just here to try and peacefully do our thing and uh, and let everyone do theirs. Yeah, I agree with that because um, there's so many. That's what bothers me because I live in Florida right now. Oh, yeah. And um, I have a metaphysical shop, and it's inside of a huge flea market. And okay. I have so many people that try to come by and want to preach uh, oh, their religion. <clears throat> and oh, it's like, okay. It's like, here we go. It's like, you know, so I just try to tell them, it's like, well, let's just agree to disagree. Yeah. And unfortunately for some of them, that doesn't work. Yeah, some of them are pretty uh, persistent, and and I think it is actually an indication of insecurity. You know, if they were all that secure in their religion, I don't think that they figured that it was necessary to go out and, and try and sell it like that. But that's just my opinion. They're entitled to theirs. Yeah, and that's um, a little bit of how I feel about it, too. And um, every once in a while, I'll get a Jehovah Witness group that, that goes ahead and comes by and Mm. And uh, tries to make little comments and all, and, and it's just like, well, let's just agree to disagree, and you know, just you know, sure, go ahead and uh, and keep on moving forward. Yeah. And the way I feel is, you know, as long as somebody has some sort of a religious belief, then they're doing okay. Well, you know, a lot of people have what you could call a spiritual path, but they don't really have a name for it. I mean, ultimately, um, this is very, very similar to something that was brought up by Bruce Lee in his book, uh, Tao Chi Kundo, when he was talking about martial arts in this instance, but he was saying, you know, you can go out there and you can learn in a particular school how to do certain things, and maybe you'll discover that you can punch very easily, but you're not very good at kicking. You can't kick above your waist, and you can knock yourself out for the rest of your life trying to do that, or you can accept, I'm built a certain way, this doesn't work, take what works, walk out the door, go out of the next school, learn a few more things ultimately you take all those things that work you put them in your own little toolbox and ultimately you end up with a, a path that works very well for you but it's unlike anyone else's you know if you took 
10 different people who are Methodists, just picking a name out of the air, and, and ask them, define what Christianity is. They'll all give you different answers, you know. I mean, it, it ultimately is a personal path for everybody, no matter what label you put on it. And that's why I say it's so important for us to turn inwards and learn about ourselves, because that's really where that's coming from. You know, we are in a symbiotic relationship with the divine. We take that that great thing that's out there that's that's just infinite and, and break it down into manageable chunks and, and, and anthropomorphize it and turn it into gods and and make it sensible and make it work for ourselves. And and that is a very personal thing and, and we create that and at the same time that spiritual stuff creates us. It's kind of a symbiotic relationship. It goes both ways and, and we're in, intimately connected to it. And I think if we recognize that, that that's what mythology is really about, then then we can probably accept each other's differences a lot more. Oh. I'm going to take a short break, and we'll be right back in just a moment. So don't go anywhere. I'll be here. Okay.
Welcome back to the show, Kara. Thanks for having me. So how does your um, family uh, feel? Are they also uh, Wiccan or? Um, my two kids are, are in their 20s and basically have decided what uh, specifically they want to do, and that's fine. They'll, they will they will come to that when they're good and ready. Um, my wife tends to be more of a, a Buddhist than a, than a Wiccan, but I mean, uh, it all is, like I said, very, very similar and all kind of interconnected, so it works quite well for us. Okay. Yeah, it's always interesting to see how other uh, family members deal with um, somebody's um, religion or their beliefs and all. Yes, and, they can come up with some interesting combinations sometimes. Yeah, and uh, I remember when I went to college, and we took I took an intro to religion. I figured, well, that'll be a, a you know interesting class, and, and uh, they actually talked about uh, Wiccan and paganism, mm-hmm. and I knew a little bit. You know, I know a little bit about it anyway, so the teacher was, um, you know, interested in, in my point of view. And there was so many other students there that were like, wow, it's like, you know, I kind of felt about this, but I wasn't sure about it. I think and, one of the, the greatest differences, uh, actually, between what we do and, and Western traditional religion is that you could sort of sum up what most Western traditional religions do for uh, their approach to life is thou shalt not. And the way we would describe what we do is I will not. It's a matter of taking personal responsibility for what you're doing. We have this thing called the Wiccan Read, which says, and in harm none do what thou wilt. And it's kind of a double-edged sword. On the one hand, it's saying you take responsibility for what you do in life, and if it does you know, damage for somebody, you need to take responsibility and fix it. But at the same time, it's saying you are powerful, be glorious, be all you can be, reach for the stars, carpe diem, you know, and uh, don't just sit back and let things happen. So it's kind of a different way of of looking at life. When you were talking about how do we approach life, that's kind of an example of that. So uh, do you do the traditional, you know, honoring the full moon and, uh, and the new moon and all? Yeah, we do, um, and I think it's important. I think one of the things that modern people have a problem with is that they are sort of living in these little compartmentalized uh, buildings and, and working in, in environments that are completely, totally disconnected from what's happening out there in nature, and I, I certainly feel this doing what I'm doing because I'm working shift work. I'll be doing night shift in, a, in an air con Edition, you know, bunker with all these uh, electronics, and it's hard to tell what's going on out there in the real world at, at any given moment because you're focused on these screens doing this dispatch stuff. And I think a lot of people have a, a problem. They they definitely find themselves uh, kind of disconnected from the world. And I think one of the things that that people who follow this path that I'm in, um, one of the reasons that they're attracted to it is we we make a point of celebrating the turning of the seasons all of our our eight sabbaths that are spaced around the year are specifically related to what's going on in the world and what time of year it is and what that means to us and uh that also applies to what we call our espats those full moon gatherings because you you are making yourself more aware of what the phases of the moon are and how they affect you and what is going on out there in the world, and it, it's one of the reasons I think a lot of us are very definitely connected with environmental concerns because we are uh, more aware of that 
uh, world out there, that real world and what's going on and, and how we're connected to it. Uh, we've got uh, someone in the chat room wants to know, what's the difference between pagan and Wiccan? Pagan is a term which um, is used to describe a whole family of religions, earth religions mostly, that, um, and, and it would include Wicca, but it would also include Druidism and uh, Asatru, which is a Norse religion. It would include Shinto, include um, First Nations or, or Native American beliefs. It would include even Afro-Caribbean religions. You know, they all have certain um, common elements that, that would put them in what we would call pagan or neo-pagan um, religions. Wicca is just one of those pagan religions. Okay. So why why do you think people enter uh, into exchange to be one and the same? Um, I, partially, I think there's a little bit of baggage comes along with the W word. I can remember doing a talk for 300 police officers at a uh, it was a, a speech to a, a group of intelligence officers for various different police agencies, and um, I had been I've been invited by a, a criminal intelligence unit officer to, to, to present at this thing. When they did the program, somebody had made a little bit of an error in the uh, in the program, and they said the speaker today will be Kerkhulen, who's an expert on Satanism. Well, I mean. I am in a sense that I am a, an expert on, on the occult and paranormal and that sort of thing for police officers all over North America. But, I mean, what we do isn't isn't Satanism. It's not related to anti-Christianity in any way, shape, or form. So um, it was interesting. It was a whole bunch of people there who, was really, who were really um, – had come there to, to hear about this sort of thing. And what they got was someone standing in front of them saying, hi, my name is Kerkahul, and this is what I am. And I flipped on the PowerPoint, and the very first thing they see is right across the full screen, the word witch. And you could, for about a minute, hear a pin drop. It was absolutely dead silent in there. And then there was a sound of about 150 of those 300 metal chairs sliding backwards, you know, like they were they were just quite shocked. This wasn't quite what they had expected to see. And and then when you get talking to them and they start realizing who you are and what you really are, then, you know, most of them overcome this and they figure out, well, you know what, this isn't what I was led to believe. So it's uh, I think a lot of people uh knowing that there there have been a lot of uh, negative connotations attached to the the word witch or, or wicca that they prefer sometimes to use other terms to describe what they do but i mean they're just labels you know and you can call what you're doing whatever you want um if it works for you that's the main thing and you have another book too ancient recipes from modern kitchens yeah, I do. That's an e-book, actually, that came out on Smashwords just a few months ago. Um, one of the things that we do a lot, and this may not seem like something that, that relates to knighthood, but it, it in fact does, because we have four magical weapons that are associated to us. There's the sword, there is the spear or, or staff, there is a shield, and there's the cauldron. And the cauldron, people go, well, how is that a weapon? Well, it's related to psychic stuff, and that's very important for anybody that's in this line of work that I'm in because you need to try and get intelligence on what's going on or what's likely to happen. But it also relates to healing, and there isn't an army in the world that's going to march if you don't feed it. So we are really seriously into growing things in our garden. We've got a greenhouse. We've got gardens. We, we grow a lot of our own vegetables and, and medicinal stuff. And we're very seriously into cooking. We, we've done a lot of uh, – we've got recipes all the time on our, our uh, orders blog. So uh, – 
I basically decided, you know what, let's put together a book that takes some recipes that can be traced back into the mists of time and, and organize them into something seasonal and, and put it out there to help people uh, figure out what they might use to, to help them celebrate that turning of the year. So that was where that came from. Okay, it sounds very interesting. And where can they get the, get a copy of this at? If you go to Smashwords, that's all one word, dot .com, um, it, that's an e-publishing site. You can find uh, that book. It's Ancient Recipes for Modern Kitchens. And I've also got my book, uh, Modern Knighthood, on there. Uh, you can just go in there, search for either name, and, and it'll come up, no problem. Okay. And what's the easy way for anyone to get a hold of you if they have any questions on anything? Um, I'm on Twitter as Warrior Witch. I'm on Facebook as Kirkuhulan. You can go to the Order of Skya website, which is www.dunscathach.com, dunscaya.com, and uh, or just Google Order of Skya S C A T H A C H, and and you'll find us. We've got we got all kinds of sites and blogs out there. You can go on YouTube. We've got um, a uh, Order of Skya uh, channel on YouTube. It's got all of our training videos on there, so that's another place you can find us. And, and they're all interconnected with links. So, you know, if you go to the, the website, you, you can get links to everything else. But any one of those, uh, you'll you'll find your way to us. Cool. So you said you like growing, uh, you know, a lot of your own herbs and everything? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. A lot of our members are, are active in that, um, and uh, like I said, we've got a greenhouse. We've got all of our kitchen herbs out there. We grow a lot of our uh, hothouse stuff there in the garden. We grow uh, all kinds of vegetables and fruits and, and so on. Um, we we do a lot of our own canning. We dry a lot of our own um, herbs. You know, we've got a number of people at, at work rely on me for fever fee for their for their migraines, and yeah, we've got all kinds of interesting things going on out there. And you do everything all organic? Oh, yeah. We've got uh, a very active composting uh, program going on out there. Um, there's actually on our training blog, there's an article about it with some pictures of our compost. Um, yeah, we we take what we do very uh, seriously. Because, like I said, we, we are encouraging people to, to recognize that connection to the earth partially because that's one of the sources of that energy that you're directing for whatever purpose. Um the energy that you're using in magic isn't isn't from you. You're not really a battery. It it makes more sense to think of yourself as a transformer. You're taking all of that energy around you and you're you're directing it and using it for whatever you need it for. So um reestablishing those connections with the earth helps you to, to establish those those connections with those currents that you're going to use to do this. And do you also work with crystals? Yeah. Um, I mean, those are focusing tools, basically, as, as much as anything, and uh, and are very effective for all kinds of things. I mean, going back to what I said earlier, ultimately, what, all you need to do magic is what you what you came into the world with, which is you. But those magical weapons that I mentioned, uh, crystals, there's all kinds of things that you can use as focusing tools to help you um, direct that energy, and and they're very useful in a lot of different ways. Cool. Yeah, I like working with crystals. One of my favorites is uh, amethyst, of course. Uh-huh. It's one I like using for a lot of healings. It just yeah. helps me to focus more. Right. 
Oh, well, and, and we've got um, members that, that find that they use crystals for that, uh, too. I mean, we've got a number of Reiki masters that are involved with us because that that's another way of doing it. When, when we're teaching, one of the things we're trying to do is find out how people work. You know, I mean, no two people do psychic stuff the same way, for example. And so it's not a matter of, of coming up with one system which is going to work for everybody because, frankly, there isn't such a thing. It's a matter of finding out how everyone is hardwired and teaching them how to, to use what the thing that works for them. So it, it uh, in the end, you end up with people who are kind of, uh, focusing on all kinds of different approaches that, that uh, complement one another. And so, you know, if we need somebody that's really good at crystals, we've got people that do that. And if we need somebody that does psychometry, you know, that's we've got people that, that find that that works very well for them. You know, like I say, my thing in, in divination is tarot, and that's kind of the thing that I focus on. But everyone has something that, that seems to suit their personality, their skills, and and then as together as a group, we've got kind of all of the angles covered. Do you have one uh, particular deck that you like using? Um, I've gone through a number of them over the years and finally settled on the Sacred Circle uh, Tarot that's published by Llewellyn. That's the one that I, I uh, find most useful uh, to me. It's um, basically... Uh, Organized around Celtic mythology, and, and that was uh, that's the thing that, that speaks the, the the images, the archetypes that speak most closely to what I'm where I'm coming from. And there seems to be more and more um, different types of uh, of decks out there for people there to is, use. And I think that's a, a reflection that of the fact that people have their own um, unique internal um, collections of images and archetypes that that are their the language of their subconscious, and so. Part of what you're doing, if you're trying to find a tarot deck, is find one that matches those images that are your internal system, and and so that you can help uh, yourself express that uh, in the conscious world in divination. So, what are your plans uh, for the full moon, and when is the full moon? Um, you know what? I have to go to my site to look at what the full moon is. Where it's coming up in the next couple of days. We've got uh, we've got. Um, actually, the next thing that we're doing is, is the Beltane, which is um, halfway through our year, which starts uh, in October at, at Samhain, at October 31st. Um, halfway through the year is Beltane, and we're celebrating that on Sunday, the, the 1st of May. But um, we've we've generally found, because a lot of people are working the 9 to 5, Monday to Friday thing, that we're, we're, we're kind of parking our... our training days as close to full moons as we can and we all, very often are doing stuff on Saturdays and Sundays depending on where everyone is available but you know um, while we're aware of the the influences uh, of those uh, things out there I mean you definitely are aware of the influence of a full moon if you're a police dispatcher because it certainly is reflected in the, in the calls and the, the number and the type of calls you get Um you know, you got to try and fit it into your your work schedule, your your uh, days off schedule too. So we're not entirely um, locked into doing stuff just when there's a full moon. And do you? Um, so I know a lot of people say that they feel the effects like three days before to three days after. Do you mm-hmm. find that's normal? Yeah, I do. I do. I, I was I worked 
for about nine years in the Mental Health Emergency Services Unit for Vancouver Police, and that was myself and the psychiatric nurse going out to the community and helping people with their um, mental health issues, and we definitely noted that there was uh, an influence uh, that could be attributed to the full moon and, and other seasonal events, you know, that that affected people's mental health. You know, you when when you get into the darker portion of the year around um, winter, you, you notice certain types of, of uh, mental illnesses are more prevalent. And, and then when you get into the time of the year when you're kind of midsummer and there's more light out there, you have quite different things happening. So everything is very definitely connected to that world out there. It, it, it does have an effect on us and, and how our, our uh, mind works. Yeah, I keep hearing different things where some people say that it doesn't, the full moon doesn't have anything to do with it, but it's like uh, I definitely noticed, especially in Florida, a lot more crazier drivers out on the road. Oh, yeah. I, I definitely I definitely believe that there there is an effect there. I, I'm, I'm, I got sold on that quite some time ago. There is an increase in activity. There's an increase in, in um, a number of different things. I mean, I think a, some people, what the problem that they're having with uh, in their life, it, it isn't necessarily what what I would call a mental illness. It's like they have a psychic ability and they don't know what to do with it. They don't even recognize this is what's going on, you know, because nobody's made any kind of attempt to explore this with them, and they don't know how to handle it. Uh, and I think what helps an awful lot of people is showing them that this is what's going on. It's nothing to be uh, afraid of, and it's something that you can you have some control over, you know, um, and that it is affected by these sort of things. Cool. Well, I guess uh, somebody posted in the chat room. It's on the 18th tomorrow at uh, 2:44. So I guess Very it's nice. uh, full moon is tonight. Then I guess. I guess it is. <laughs> yeah, it is. I'm back at work tomorrow dispatching, so I know I'm going to be seeing some of the effects of that. I, oh, and you were saying three days before I was working last night, and we were definitely starting to see some effects of it then. So I want to thank you for being a guest with me tonight. It's been very enlightening and uh, informative. Well, thank you for having me. I, I really enjoyed it, and I, I appreciate being given the opportunity. And... Uh, one more time, what's uh, the website, your main website they can get a hold of you at? The the main uh, website that you can go to is uh, the, for the Order of Skya, is uh, uh, com. Cool. Well, I look forward to talking to you again uh, real soon, and you have yourself a wonderful evening. Well, you too, and, and thank you again for having me. Oh, it's my pleasure. You have yourself a great night. You too. Bye. Bye now. Oh, everyone, I'm going to take a short break, and then we'll be back. And I'll go ahead and uh, do some readings.
All right, everybody, I'm back. I had to take a short little break there. It's like saw somebody mentioning about tea, and it's like, oh, I need to have some. So I have some wonderful oolong tea. Uh, it's not on the website yet. Just got that in, and I decided to go ahead and have to sample the teas also. And then I have gunpowder black tea. I'll try some of that later on. Uh, but the uh, oolong tea is very good. It's very mild. Uh, it's traditionally the tea. When you go to a Chinese restaurant or an oriental restaurant, you you know you get tea there. A lot of them bring in uh, tea. It's oolong tea is what they bring in. And um, and I decided to go ahead and try that at home myself because each one is different. They you know manufacture them differently, and one distributor actually grinds it up. And um, so it's more of a powder, or, you know, like real loose um, ground-up leaf. And the uh, manufacturer, the distributor that I have now, the, it's the whole leaves that have been uh, dried, and uh, because it's all organic. So it's a uh, difference how you know I could see a traditional tea like the loose tea leaf and all, and then the one that I have now is you're getting the whole leaves. So it's uh, a different taste altogether. It's very mild. And uh, very soothing and relaxing. So, and as most of you know from the other night, we talked about Karmica, which uh, will be available to pre-order tomorrow. And uh, there'll be a uh, newsletter is going out tonight about it. And uh, basically, they're crystals that are programmed for specific tasks and specifically for you. So each of you who goes ahead and it's like, you know, I want the karmica. I want to help with my uh, with my life. They're programmed for you. Like we have a black tourmaline, which is programmed to absorb negativity as well as the negativity from your karmic debt. That's programmed for you, for your debt, for your negativity. Then, depending on what you want into your life, if you're looking to bring love into your life, well, we have rose quartz that will be um, another karmica that is programmed specifically for you to bring in unconditional love into your life. Now, you're saying, well, you know, anyone can program them. Well, the people who came up with karmica were told by their angels and guides exactly how to go ahead and do this programming. It's a certain ritual that they have to do with uh, you know, a certain way of doing it that they're going to be programming it. And this is what makes it different. And all the information is going to be up on the website, uh, karmaka, K-A-R-M-A-C-A, store.com. We can go ahead and um, check out more information on it. That will be updated later on tonight and tomorrow. And if you are in the United States, haven't figured out how to do this in other parts of the world yet, but we will. We'll figure something out for you. But if you order between, you know, for this week here, because it's going to be officially released on the 24th, 25th of uh, April. If you pre-order now, though, you get free shipping if you're in the United States. So uh, that's one way to go ahead and uh, be one of the first to go ahead and have that. And that will be available starting tomorrow. So you go to the website, sign up for the newsletter. You'll get an update later on tonight of all the details of uh, exactly what each one does. They also come in uh, their own. If you've on my Facebook page and you saw earlier that I posted a couple of pictures 
of pyramids. And they come in a pyramid-shaped uh, um, container, which are all hand-decorated differently. And uh, it's also to go ahead and enhance, because the power of the pyramids and all helps to energize. And you also get uh, some uh, sterilized, of course, uh, dirt, sand to go with it to go ahead and rest your karmicas on so that they'll go ahead and be in contact with Mother Earth because, of course, they are part of nature. They are part of Mother Earth. So we have to go ahead and do that. And, um, you know, it comes with instructions on how to properly care for them and how to charge them and keep them charged uh, because with the programming, you know, we don't have to worry too much about it, but with they, you know, they have to be taken care of. And there's a step for it. Uh, you know, a lot of you say, well, you know, I, I want the help in my life and I want things to change. Well, it's a two-step process here. How many times have you gone ahead and you bought something saying, oh, well, I want to do this? And it sits there and sits there. Or you're like, oh, I want to buy this book because, you know, it says, um, you know, it'll help me out. Like, all right, I bought the book. But I haven't done nothing with it. I haven't had the time for it. Well, then evidently, I mean, you don't really want the change. Or you're, you know, you're having the little issues with it. One thing you're going to have to do is you're going to have to take a second step after you go ahead and buy and you receive it at home. Because each one is individually programmed for you. There's also a way, there's a phone number that you would call, and it's going to be a recording on there, and it's going to walk you through the process of confirming to the universe, I want to change my life. You know, the first step is buying the karmica. The second step is to actually go ahead and say, look, I'm ready. I want this. And help me. And then that will help you to go ahead and um, activate the programming that has been incorporated into each crystal. So, um, you know, it's just one way to let the universe know that, yeah, I, I truly am ready this time. You know, I've not only taken that one step of buying it, I'm taking a one step two to actually go ahead and activating it for myself. And uh, that's why it's going to be a two-step process. And uh, if you order it this week, it's nine ninety-five, and you'll get the free shipping with it. And afterwards, um, after it's officially released, then you'll have to go ahead and pay for shipping and handling. And if you're in another country, let me know. We'll work out. Uh, we'll work out a diff, you know a deal for you to get to get you in on it first. And at this rate here, no one else will be given to free shipping. And it's uh, the uh, allow you to be the first ones to actually have that. So it's going to be interesting. There's going to be different, uh, you know, you can also even decorate your own pyramid or karmica houses, we're beginning to call these, because that's where you're going to be able to help store them at and keep them in there when you're at nighttime, put them on, you know, your nightstand, and, uh, you know, it'll help uh, keep everything in one spot for you. So you can either go ahead and get one where it's decorated yourself or, you know, see uh, one of the pictures that we have of a couple of them that we have um, online. And, uh, you know, you'll be able to uh, have them being unique because no two of them will be alike either, which is what makes this all unique and, uh, and different about it. Because the crystals, as you know, no two crystals are alike. So, and with them being specifically programmed, that makes them even more um, empowering. Let me look see what's going on in the chat room. 
Uh, I'd love to see uh, about Canada, uh, about uh, you know what the shipping is. Because in the United States, we have the, the flat rate shipping, so we can go ahead and do a flat rate. So we'll uh, we'll work something out. Just let me know. It's like, hey, I'm in Canada. Let me see where you're at, and we'll be able to go ahead and work something out for you. And like I said before, from the beginning, we have the exclusive uh, rights to it. It's been uh, you know offered to us because I like uh, you know our listeners and I like the radio show. So that'll be a a, a big help. I'll be right back in just one moment. We'll take some calls here.
All right, everybody, I'm back and had a little situation. I went to the shop today and came home, and uh, so I said I've got a, a female shepherd. She's 14 years old, so learned a lesson. She cannot have uh, baby back ribs, the bones, from Applebee's, or actually pretty much from anywhere, probably. Uh, they're from Chili's. So, um, and I think it's just she's getting a little too old, and uh, they just didn't agree with her. So, uh, needless to say, uh, I had to get rid of a carpet, and uh, the poor thing was trying to go ahead and get herself up off of the um, wood floor, and just wasn't able to do it. So, I had to go there and, and help lift her up a little bit. She's just trying and trying and trying, and... I was like, okay, going to have to help her here. So that's why I had to play another song and uh, and help give her a little lift so she can go ahead and, and get up. It's the only spot in the house that has the wood floor, and she just can't do it. It's just too slick for her. In the kitchen and living room, in the uh, bathroom area, we have um, linoleum, and it's got a little bit of a texture to it, so she can go ahead and get herself up with no problem. But the wood, with the wood floor, she just can't do it, so... And I didn't want to see her just trying to go ahead and be miserable trying to get herself up. But uh, it's like, well, you know, 14 years old, little accident. You know, it's the first time since she was a puppy she ever had an accident in the house. And came home and she was just looking at us like, you know, trying to hide. And it's like, it's not your fault. You're getting old. You know, I was wondering when, you know, little accidents would start happening. So, but, uh, you know, figured she's 14 years old. So, uh, you know, that's going to start happening every once in a while, but uh, needless to say, instead of trying to clean the little throw rug that we had in here, it's just like, nope, time to just go ahead and just get rid of the rug, and uh, it'll also probably help with her allergies, too, so down here in Florida being sandy, if you have carpeting, prepare to have a ton of of dirt underneath the carpet, no matter what, so uh, just learn the hard way. Let me go ahead, we got a caller waiting. Had to bring her on the air. Area code four zero eight. You're on the air. Hi there. How are you? Doing great there. How can I help you? I am so happy you took my call, Michael. And what a great show! You always have a fantastic show. Well, thank you. Um, I just wanted to see. Now I'm going to tap into your beautiful gift and tell me what you pick up. I met somebody about a week ago, and uh, we've been kind of seeing each other uh, very uh, enthusiastically almost every day ever since. Uh, what, what do you pick up moving forward? What energies do you get? Tell me what you see ahead, if you even see ahead. <laughs> uh, yeah, there, there's a um, – the two of you are made a great is, couple. Really? Okay. Uh, from what I'm picking up, it's the two of you make a great couple. You have quite a bit in common, and um, he feels the same way like you do. He's just very um, uh, enjoying the moment. And looking to see where everything, uh, you know, goes from here. Do you see this one lasting, or will be another this uh, great summer for me? I'm getting this one here is going to be lasting for you. Uh, the two of you, you know, make a great couple together. You have quite a bit in common. Oh wow! Okay, yeah, he's uh, he's a marine, so he has a very high sense of commitment and a lot of diligence, which is 
beautiful for me because I never met anybody like that. I was always the one that was more driven and structured, and he's now, you know, to meet somebody with that qualities is, is beautiful, actually. Yeah, and he's a very um, caring, compassionate person, too. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So, and the two of you, um, you know, I do see the two of you staying together for quite a while. Wow. Well, thank you. I hope you're right. <laughs> well, let me know how everything works out for you. I sure will, my dear. Thank you so much, and I you're love you. You're very welcome. Okay, well, thank you, dear. Night. We'll talk to you again soon. Yes, I hope so. I hope so. Okay. You know, you're very welcome in the Bay Area. Uh, I'm actually trying, I'm, you know, trying to go ahead and send out the vibes to um, help put it together for a California tour this summer. Wonderful, you should, you should. I mean, you know, there are some, uh, there are some great mediums that you can use in terms of, uh, you know, TV channels. Um, you know, I'm sure you can do a lot. I know that that's one of your goals, and uh, you're more than happy to be of service. Well, good, yeah, because that's what uh, you know. I put it out there, and I've been talking, and it's like, well, you know. If, if it's meant to be, um, you know, I'd like to try to do it uh, in June. So I said, you know, just putting it out there and have people um, try to set up for me to get, uh, you know, readings and bookings and doing um, speaking engagements while I'm out there, and uh, it'll be able to happen. Perfect. Perfect. Well, we'll we'll be in touch, my dear. Yes, we'll talk to you again soon. Good evening. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Yeah, it's one thing. uh, Louie and I were talking, and... um, And we decided, uh, you know, if we can make it happen by, you know, by June, the end of June, because um, my birthday is June 29th. I'm a cancer. I get crabby. But, uh, and uh, San Francisco Pride is the end of June also. And we were like, you know, that would be so nice to be able to go there and do this. And uh, I've had quite a few other people asking me, you know, for the Bay Area and, and L.A., San Francisco, uh, you know, all around California, and uh, we have a niece up in um, Applegate, which is let's see, east of Sacramento. So we're wanting to go up there and see her. We haven't seen her in a couple of years, and we have a great nephew who's going to be three years old. So we'd like to have that opportunity to go there and see them and see him, and at the same time do some sightseeing and, of course, do some, you know, do some touring. Do some uh, speaking engagements, talking about uh, I can bring my you know my book and talking about uh, humanity's great spiritual awakening about 2012, about the shift that's taking place, and of course Karmaka. Bring Karmaka with me, and uh, there's so many different things that we can go ahead and talk about. So if anyone is in the uh, California area and um, you'd like to get me to come out there and uh, do some readings or. Uh, I have a speaking engagement someplace if you know of a metaphysical shop or a metaphysical church or a chapel that's around in the area. You know, have them contact me. At uh, they can email me at uh, uh, revmichael at bethelightchapel dot com, and uh, you know, have them get a hold of me and say you know where they're at, and uh, we'll go ahead and see about getting the uh, the bookings all set up and taken care of. And get me out there in June. I'm looking for hopefully at least a week to be out there and, and uh, do some things. And if uh, all goes well, maybe even do two weeks. Do quite a few areas around there, and uh, we're looking forward to it. Uh, There's always possibilities. I've got people at, uh, in Oregon and Seattle 
while I'm up there and even up in um, up in towards Canada. So you never know what's going to happen. I put it out there in the universe, posted it, and um, quite a few people are like, well, we've well, got to work on it. You know, like we have people that come out here. And, um, you know, all of you know the area better than I do. You know the metaphysical shops and you know the metaphysical and spiritual chapels and churches that are out there. And uh, you know of any events that are going and taking place. So uh, it's up to you to get a hold of these people for me and say, hey, I got this guy that wants to come out here and he's going to be in this area and wants to do this in June and have them go ahead and get a hold of me. And uh, we can go ahead and make the arrangements on that. And uh, like I said, it's a lot easier for, uh, for you know all of you to go ahead and do it than for me to go ahead and, and find these places because some of them, it's real hard to find. And I know uh, I have so many people in uh, my area, they're like, well, do you know of any metaphysical churches around? And it's like, you know, I know of only like one or two, and, and I'm hearing of other times of people will let me know about others that are in the area. And uh, you know, so the only way to know is, uh, you know, when I try to do a search online for Googling, you don't find them, which is kind of... Uh, kind of hard to do, and uh, especially in this day and age when uh, somebody's not um, not in, a, in the Google, in the search engines. Okay, let me see here. I've got more interesting guests coming up soon. And don't forget, uh, you know, you can follow sort of adding us as a favorite and all that now. It's like they don't like to do that, so. So until uh, we're gonna have to we can do the short show tonight. So don't forget, everyone. Uh, tune in tomorrow night. I just looked and it's like, oh, ran out of time here. And uh, like I said, Marcus has a favorite. And. Don't forget to visit the website, BeTheLikeChapel.com or Karmaka, K-A-R-M-A-C-A, uh, store.com, and stay up to date as to what's going on. So until tomorrow night, everyone, have fun and be safe and know that you are loved because God loves you and so do I. With the Lucky Land Plus, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? 
No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.